Welcome one and all to Best Friends Gaming Pod. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Weiss, sitting next to, virtually, the fifth most famous podcaster from Roanoke, Virginia, Bryant K. Stinson. Oh, Bryant K. What a guy. Here he's all right. Pretty good. I mean, he's fifth best in all of Roanoke, Virginia. That's not bad. Not bad at all. Could be worse. It could be worse. Bryant, I just kind of want to hop right into it. This week was a very special week upon recording. It has been the Switch's fifth birthday. Yay for birthdays. Happy birthday. Hooray. Aw, fifth birthday. That's That's a special one, you know? Yeah, you're about to go into first grade. Yeah. Kindergarten, unless you're really smart. Yeah. Eh. Pre-K. Whatever. You're, 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 you're going to school, maybe for the first time. Yep, maybe for the first time, for sure. Yeah, so uh, you're, you're, this, the, the Switch can go to school and uh, can, you know, go to show and tell and show us... And tell us about what all it has to offer. Um, I got the Switch day one. Um, and spoilers, folks. We're, we're going to be talking a lot about Switch this episode. And we will be giving an Elden Ring update. Elden Ring update. Elden Ring update. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, uh, the Switch, I got day one with Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. and Which is not a Switch game. Can't claim it. Which is not only a Switch game. It is also a Wii U game. But it was a Switch launch title. Was. Uh, so, I can try to claim it. But <laughs> it continues to be my favorite game of all time. I as soon as I turned the game on, like after kind of getting off of uh, what the tutorial area, like I just knew that it was going to be one of my favorite games of all time. Just had a uh, that feeling, yeah, deep inside your heart. You just knew. I just I just kind of knew, man. Like yeah. Zelda: Breath of the Wild did so much for open world games. And I could say, you know, pretty much every cliche in the book about Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Like, everyone has been talking about this game in video games media for the past five years. Like, any open world that comes out, it's like, well, it's no Breath of the Wild. Or, you know, it takes inspiration from Breath of the Wild. Or, in the case of the most recent open world game, you know, it takes what... what made Breath of the Wild special and kind of builds upon it. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's very, um, I, I don't, what, what's the word? Influential game. It was a very influential game. Yeah. Uh, kind of came out at the exact right time, especially for me. Uh, but maybe the wrong time for Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, <laughs> Unlucky Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> yeah. 
The Switch actually came out while you were studying abroad. And it did. It did. Uh, which is kind of crazy. Now, did you when was the first time that you got to play Switch? Did you get to play one while you were in England or did you have to wait till you were back here in the States? Yeah, I didn't I didn't start playing the Switch. I played a Switch the first for the first time. I think it was after I was back from England. But I didn't buy a Switch until 2021 2021 i think was when i bought my first i bought it because that's when the switch light um then that's when the switch light first came out i think was when i bought mine mm-hmm. if of course, i was the switch light is the yeah. handheld only yeah the handheld only so it can't play some games but as switch games have moved forward more games have become integrated into the Switch Lite, um, which is good. Mm-hmm. You don't want to ever have a version of a system that can't play some of your games. Right. It looks Looking so, at you, Game Boy Color. I'm telling you, man. Telling you. But, yeah, so, and I have, and I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy playing the Switch. It's, it's a great, it's a great, great system, so. It really is, and Bryant, speaking of Game Boy Color, just a real quick tangent did you know that there's only a couple dozen like uh exclusives for game boy color i did not know that not top of my head no um games like um the first and second generation of pokemon aside from uh crystal like uh, maybe it's just the second generation of pokemon so gold and silver aside from crystal had the color in the game, and if you played it on Game Boy Color, you'd see color, and obviously if you played it on regular Game Boy, it was just like the yellow-green. Yeah, yeah. The classic yellow-greenish, brownish colors that you would see. Huh. Um, but speaking of, kind of speaking of the Game Boy, I mean, like, the Game Boy really paved the way for Switch in a lot of ways. Um, for a very long time, Nintendo's best-selling consoles have been the handhelds because um, they make such good games for it. And so they were selling the handhelds, they were selling the traditional consoles, and they tried to do a hybrid-type you could argue that the Wii U was kind of hybrid, although you could only use the handheld. You could only use the tablet while you were in your home still. Yep. You yep. couldn't really take it with you. I mean, you could, but you couldn't use it. <laughs> um, which, granted, using the tab, like a, p- a lot of people liked using the tablet. Like, if someone was watching TV, they could still play their game on the tablet at home. Um, but. With the Switch, Nintendo really saw this opportunity to make a two-in-one console, a true two-in-one console that you could play at home on your TV or on the go handheld. And mm-hmm. it really it really did come out at this time, like 
at the end of the well not at the end kind of in the middle of the PlayStation 4 Xbox 1 generation um and brought really high quality video games to a portable system that you can take with you or you can, you know, dock it and play it at home. Um I think that like the early year so the first, a lot of people say 2017 is the best year of Switch. I tend to disagree. Yes, it did have some of the best games for it. However, releases were so few and far between, and I think pretty much every year the Switch is just keep just keeps getting better. They mm-hmm. they have culminating into the, the most recent Nintendo Direct that we saw. Yeah. Where there was something for literally everyone. Um and that Bayonetta fans. Yeah, no one knows where Bayonetta 3 is. <laughs> Hope she's well. Yeah, she's probably not. Um but yeah, like if you love indie games, Switch is Switch is your place. Oh yeah. If you if you're a hardcore Nintendo fan, obviously Switch is your place. Mm-hmm. If you're just a casual gaming fan, and you don't want to drop a ton of cash on a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X, um, and maybe aren't super interested in playing, like, you know, more of the shooter or online, like any of, like, the bigger, bigger games, maybe go with a Switch. Maybe go with an Xbox One S. Um, that's, like, the price point we're talking about, like, the the $300 price range. But the Switch is great because of versatility. Um, you really can just take it with you. Um, and it's kind of funny, like, uh, even though the Switch has been out for five years, I, like, still sometimes, like, have had to explain it to people. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, I've, I've just, like, you know, there, there are people, like, Brian, you and I are pretty well in like the video game community and a lot of the people that we interact with are also like they they at least know about like the consoles and stuff but like it's hard to remember it sometimes but we are very much the minority yeah like a lot of the general public like doesn't know the difference between switch xbox and playstation or like they probably got a Wii, but that might be the only console that they ever got because the Wii yeah. was so popular. They probably had a Wii and a PlayStation Two. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're they're really popular consoles that just sold oodles and oodles. Um, and the Switch is getting up there, so give it you know a couple more years and it'll catch up. But it's fun explaining. Like, yeah, I mean, when you put the Switch in this dock. It's kind of like when you hook your laptop up to a TV. And you can just, you know, use it on a bigger screen. But I can also take it with me and use its own screen. And the controller's right here. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. The, 
Nintendo has always, in my mind, been like the kings of of like designing consoles, like mm-hmm. design, just designing things that you can play games on. I remember, yeah. when, like for example, like the Wii was so revolutionary during its time. One because of its motion controls, but two because of its design. I remember when the Wii was in in production, um, kind of like the CEO of Nintendo came to one of their design, their design people. And they, they brought two, they brought two DVD boxes stacked yep. on top of each other and said, I want it to be this big, this big. And they were like, okay. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then they, they made it. I think the Wii U was the one where it was probably a bit too clunky. Yeah. Uh, that like so, you know, and and naming convention like yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. If it had a different name, I think it would have done a lot better because people were just confused, right? And so it was kind of like, is this a Wii game? No, it's a Wii U game. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. But and then the Switch. I mean, in my mind is the Wii U done right. Mm-hmm. Nintendo obviously is then they they recognize that they're not going to make any separate handheld systems anymore. So how can they integrate? They do handhelds better than anybody else. They may not do consoles as good as other people in recent, in recent years, mm-hmm. uh, but they still have a niche market. You know, no one else is going to be able to produce the games with the characters that are so well-beloved and so, and so um, have so much history behind them, like Samus or Mario or, or Link, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and PlayStation and Xbox are having to create those experiences, right? So you have the characters from Gears, you have the character, you have Master Chief from Halo, you know, but you have Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. You have, um, you know, you have the the Ellie and Joel from The Last of Us. So you, so you have like they're trying to create these moments and these these things where people like i want to play these games um i want like we're they're trying to build this history they're trying to build this hype behind these things that you can only get on these on these systems and nintendo has been doing that for decades and so even though nintendo doesn't sell necessarily as well as some of the and, and of course like just recently i think the nintendo switch wasn't the best selling console in a given year um i think the playstation 5 sold more units than the, than the switch did in, in 2021 i i'd have to check yeah. um but i, I know I, I remember i remember reading that the that the street did get broken because they had sold the most part of it is price point but then the other part of it is just they they're just so good at what they do. But for me, for me, it's for me, they do such a good job, Nintendo, at building hype behind. They don't need as much lead up time as Xbox and PlayStation do because they've been in the game for such a long time. Right. So there's there's a there they do a lot. They do a lot well. Um and, you know, there may be people who think, you know, when, when the time with the Switch is, I mean, the, Nintendo said, literally are like, yeah, new consoles are coming out from Microsoft and Sony, but the Switch is still kicking. So we're not going to, 
do anything different with the switch now. We don't need to. That's how good of a product they know they have. So I'm interested to see what the next iteration of the Nintendo console is once the Switch's life cycle is up. Interested to see kind of where, where they go from here. Because, I mean, they struck gold with this. And, they've, and it's been, they've done an excellent, excellent job ever since. They have. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to find this. This chart. I thought I saw. I thought I saw something that switch. Okay, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. As for the first half of 2021, the Switch was the best-selling console in the U.S. in terms of units and dollar sales, but the PlayStation 5 continues to be the fastest-selling console in U.S. history, as of okay. like, based on unit sales through its first eight months. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, whatever metric, the Switch is doing well. Mm-hmm. And like you, I'm interested to see what they're doing next. But they've gone on record saying that they are, the Switch is in the middle of its life cycle. So it has a few more years. Um, yeah, I think we probably, we might see something like a switch pro soon, but we won't see a true successor until the late 2020s. Um, I don't think a switch pro will be like a true successor. I think that, would would that not be the, would that not be the new OLED switch that they just released? No, I think that, well, maybe, maybe. I, be, the only reason I don't think so is because really the biggest change was with the screen. Before otherwise, it, yeah. Other otherwise, things was um, cosmetic. Yeah, all white. Co- yeah, um, the kickstand, even though it's more functional, still technically cosmetic. Um, had a built-in Ethernet cord cable in the well, not cable port in the dock, which is nice. So I thought about buying one. I really thought about buying the OLED switch. Well, uh, it'd be great. It'd be great for someone like you that only has the, the light. Yeah. It, it'd be a great choice. Um, I have to do some more research to determine if it's really going to be that much of an upgrade from the light. To be able to dock it on my TV would be excellent. I have a lot of fun with that. I would probably play it more often. Um, yeah. But I think the only thing holding me back is my wife already has a Switch. Like a, like a full Switch. Oh, does she really? Uh, yeah, she does. So, so she's like, I've, I was like looking at her and I was like, 
I don't want to buy the OLED. She's like, no, we already have one. I was like, it ain't about we. It's about me. <laughs> I want it. And she's like, no, you can't get it. And I'm like, you know what? Why don't you just, why don't you all just like sign in on each other's switches or whatever? We could. We could. Well, so she also has some, yeah, there's a, I'm, I'm going to get it. You heard it here first. Melinda, if you're listening, I'm not going to get it, but I'm going to get it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I i i made a deal with erica last year i said and this is big for me i said that i would only make two unhinged large purchases this year whereas last year i made more than two <laughs> um inconsequential but it is larger than two yep um i feel that i feel that so oh every time i think oh man this thing and and by large purchases i mean more than two hundred dollars yeah i was about to say like a game doesn't count no like, no it doesn't count like no i mean speaking of games we do have to talk about one of the most exciting things i saw because um, Pokemon Day was last week. I know we'll get into that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. I might have to. I mean, Melinda is the type of person where she'll, she'll be like, look, you do what you want, right? And I'm like, yeah, I know that's not what you mean, but I'm going to just play dumb and buy this Switch. And, you know, I'm like, come on, 4K. My, my TV plays 4K. We'll be able to play Switch in 4K. So, you know. That's that's four more Ks than we have now. I'm look. I'm you like you preach to the choir, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> um oh, oh man. But yeah, I gotta be selective with those purchases. Oh yeah, no, me me too. And I'm selective. I think, I think one of them <laughs> Well, who knows? Maybe this will be pushed to twenty twenty three because of supply. But uh I really want one of them to be a Steam Deck. Really? Yeah. I see. I don't know if I would want a Steam Deck. Steam Deck's cool, but yeah, I I can see that. I don't know why I want one. I have no. I don't need it. You don't need it. <laughs> I'm like, how often do you like play your play uh, on on Stadia, for example? Like, how often do you? Well, I would play more, but my living room TV. Uh. Well. We just don't have a Chromecast on my living room TV because the Chromecast is built in and Stadia doesn't work with it. Ah, okay. And I don't feel like giving up an HDMI port to get to put another Chromecast on a TV that has a Chromecast. Does that make sense? It, yep, sure does. Um, Man, anyways, I'm Nintendo, I'm Nintendo. I'm looking on Walmart.com right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Pokemon. Um, before we get into that, I just wanted to say, you know, like some of my favorite games throughout the years for Switch have been. I've already said Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Um, Mario Odyssey was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, more recently, Pokemon Legends Arceus, just <laughs> an incredible game. Uh, you know. You have things like Smash Bros, but you also have breakout hits like Mario vs. Rabbids uh, Kingdom Battle, or Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Um, 
no one thought that game was going to be good. And it's real good. It's incredible, even. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, There, a sequel has been announced for that game, correct? Yes, and it's supposed to be coming this year, although no official... It's not. It's not. Um, it's, it's not. Neither is, neither is Breath of the Wild 2, by the way. Yeah, I, don't, I, I never thought Breath of the Wild 2 was coming this year. I think it's coming March next year. Um, Puyo Puyo Tetris, and now that's on all consoles, but I first enjoyed it on Switch. Um, that's one of the amazing things about Switch, too. It has this uncanny ability of taking games that are available on all platforms and making them stand out on its own platform. And it is all about design. It's all about design. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing to me how, how they're able to do that. So I haven't played much of it uh, because of my much-talked-about open-world burnout. But one day recently, um, a game that came out at the beginning of last year, Immortals Phoenix Rising... Uh-huh. Um, which is kind of a Breath of the Wild-ish clone. Um, Got pretty good reviews, but it was on sale recently at Best Buy, like real cheap, and I had some credit. Um, I had, or I had like $15 in credit at Best Buy. So I ended up picking up the game for five or 10 bucks. Wow. Um, And from reviews that I've read, they said that they enjoyed playing it most on switch despite it looking better on other consoles because of the portability factor. Yes. That that's the thing. Portability is such a big, like imagine how many people love playing ghost of Tsushima. Now imagine being able to play ghost of Tsushima on the go. It'd be incredible. Without having to stream it. Cause you, yeah. you technically, you can with like the PlayStation um, streaming app, but mm-hmm. and for what I understand, that's good. But I mean, you're always going to have that input lag. Being able to play truly on a dedicated console, yep. would be huge. It's incredible. Like, yeah, they're so the portability is such a big piece. Like, people have been so used to playing certain games, like having to be stationary. Yep. It's, it's it's a revolutionary thing for a console of that magnitude with that power to be able to put, output a game at such a high level. I think about Legends of the Breath of the Wild. People can say what they want about graphics. That game is gorgeous. It's absolutely beautiful. And art to, style. Yeah, art and it's all art style. And to be able to take that game and play it on you know, a high quality monitor or television, but then to be able to take it off the dock and bring it with you is such, is such an incredible thing to be able to give to people who love your platform. Like, no matter where you want to take this, you can go and you can play it anywhere. It's amazing. Yes. My yeah. only minor complaint with Breath of the Wild, and like I said, it's minor, but every once in a while you get a frame rate hiccup. I wish that they had aimed for the 60 frames, um, but it's only 30. But a lot of the other first-party Nintendo games are 60. Yeah, and the, and the consoles around the time that the Switch came out, so the previous gen also had those issues as they were trying mm-hmm. to up. 
they were trying to ramp up quality of games. They recognized that the limitations of those of those machines could only cap at 30 frames. And so, mm-hmm. all right. So now that is, and that's one of the things that I'm interested in going forward with the, with the Nintendo switch is, is the switch going to be able as they try to output better and better games? For example, no man's sky is coming to switch. Yeah. Are, are they going to be able to pull that off to the degree that they want to because of their frame rate limitations? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, and if and if they aren't able to, then how are they going to work? How are they going to work it around, kind of specs wise, to be able to still produce a quality game experience um, despite kind of their their lower frame rates? So I think that's one of the things that they're that they're going to have to not they're going to have to let me let me retract that. I'm just interested to see how they how they deal with that. How they deal right. with those bigger maps, those bigger expansive like spots, um, and and you got to think a game like No Man's Sky that's randomly generated by like AI. Um, I think it needs. I could be wrong, but I think it needs an internet connection. So, not that it's streamed, but it just needs an internet connection to for that AI to generate the the worlds yeah the, the expansive galaxy um so maybe maybe they're figuring out how to do it on the back end like that um to take yeah. some of the load off of switch but more likely they're probably um downing the resolution maybe downing frame rate i don't know mm-hmm. but no man's sky is one of those pretty games that has good art style but it's not like realistic necessarily and i think like in a lot of ways it makes more sense it makes sense to come to switch um whereas a very like realistic looking kind of grounded in this like the realism of the world like last of us would not make sense coming to switch I agree. Um, which, granted, I'm taking a PlayStation exclusive and comparing it to a game that was a timed exclusive and is no longer exclusive to a, pl- a platform. Um, but and also an indie game, comparing it to like one of the highest like rated AAA games of all time. But yeah, but it's the I ex- think my comp- it's the expectations of people who own certain platforms place on place on the people who work for that company. So like mm-hmm. people, people who buy PlayStation fives expect grittier games that are very, very realistic looking like people highly, highly rate graphics and, and those, and those kind of like really cool looking experiences where people who own a switch, they recognize that their, that their system is not as powerful, but they just, they want the art styles of those, those big name titles to, be true to what they have known them to mm-hmm. be true to over the over the course of their lifetime. And so they also want games that are fun to play with friends and, and family. Like they want those party games. Like mm-hmm. they want the experiences like Mario Party or Mario Kart or Smash or smaller games like Party Golf or uh Heave Ho or 
Um, oh, shoot. There was a game that I saw recently that was getting like an eight-player update, and we were like, what? this? I can't remember what it was. Um, I think me and Hargrove were excited about it, but I can't remember what it was. Um, maybe it wasn't an update. Maybe it's a game that's coming out soon. Oh, it is a game that's coming out soon. Let's get to that part, where, what, what we're excited about. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. Mario Strikers. Yeah. Um, Pumped for that game. Yeah. June 10th? Mm -hmm. Does that sound right? Yep. Caleb's birthday. Um, Super pumped for that game. Yeah, that's going to have an eight-player mode, and I don't know if that's online. I'm sure it's online. I'm sure the game's online, but I'm not sure if that eight-player mode's online Um, or if we can do it also in person, which would be sweet. But... um, Looking forward to Kirby. There's a demo out that I need to download and play. Um, heard good things about it. I've heard it's super weird, which I was expecting. Um, I think you're looking forward to something from our friends over at the Pokemon Company. So I'll let you chat about. Oh man, I, I, I can't, I can't believe that it's it's already. It seems like it's too soon, but. I mean, we're the the ninth generation. Mm-hmm. The ninth generation of Pokemon games have been announced officially, and they're coming out later this year. Later this year, Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet, the newest iteration into the mm-hmm. long-standing series, and the games are open world, open world experiences. So they're taking what they. They're taking what they have, are learning currently from Legends Arceus and they're adding it into the mainline franchise of the Pokemon games. Mm-hmm. Legends Arceus is a spinoff um, and they're taking what they did in a spinoff and they're adding it to the mainline. I mean, people have been wanting some, something, anything to spice up the mainline franchises going forward. And I'm wondering as more details come out about battling systems and things like that, how much they're going to carry over mm-hmm. into these new games. Are they going to, are they going to carry over the strong style, agile style aspects from legends Arceus? You know, are all the Pokemon that you're able to interact with going to be like out in the wild for you to see? It looks that way from the early from the early um, kind of shots and stuff that we've seen that you'll be able to see Pokemon just roaming around and maybe mm-hmm. they're, they're going to add those mechanics where you can kind of go around and sneak and do all these different things. I mean, the question is, like, one of the, one of the, one of the things that people are critical of of Legends Arceus is while the world is large, that a lot of the areas are just kind of vast, open areas of nothingness. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they're going to be able to add more to make the world feel a little bit more alive right. in those regards. Um, but man, it's super exciting. Super exciting. I'm looking forward to the, um, the next generation, um, Scarlet and Violet, if we haven't said the name. Um, Scarlet and Violet. Because, yeah, like you said, it's taking a lot from Arceus, which we love. A lot of the things that we love and tweaking the things that we didn't love. 
um, in theory. And I think that some of the things that we were missing in RCS were uh, trainer encounters out in, you know, our adventure. Um, like a seamless, a seamless world experience. Like uh, RCS was like semi-open world. Um, each each kind of area you were in the region uh, was very open and 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 sprawling, um, but very sparse. Um, and you couldn't travel between regions without going back to the hub city, uh, Jubilife Village. Uh, which was annoying because you had these great Pokemon to help you with traversal and to be able to fly seamlessly throughout the region would have been awesome. Um, but it, it looks like that's going to be addressed in Scarlet and Violet, which I'm, yeah. I'm super stoked about. Like, yeah, um, I think they were, I think they, they refer to the towns in Scarlet and Violet as, um, they were various towns with no borders that blend seamlessly into the wilderness. Love that. Love that. It sounds awesome. And the that sounds like no loading times. It does. It sounds like no loading times, which is interesting. I'm interested in that. Um, yeah. But, and the starters are just stinking adorable. Yeah, All they are. There's a cat. There's a cat, a crocodile, and a mm -hmm. duckling. A fire crocodile, not a, fire, not a water crocodile. Yeah, a fire crocodile, a grass cat, and then a water duckling, which is what you expect. But yep. they all look duck. adorable. The duck is cool. Um, but, he you know, is. Quaxley, my boy. Yeah, Quaxley. What, it's Quaxley. Figurati um, and Fue Coco. Yeah, Fue, Fue Coco, which is a great name. Mm -hmm. Fue Coco, Quaxley, and... Sprigatito, I think. Sprigatito? So, something like that. Yeah. Spaghetti. Yeah, spaghetti. Spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. But we don't know anything about... Um, nothing new about... like We just don't know a ton of information about uh, the difference between the two versions. But you're going to wear different outfits depending on which one you choose. Yep. Um, and... The Pokedex obviously is going to be a very, very late on reveal. Like right. They, they release the Pokedex in full, and or at least for that region, and they're going to. It's going to be very, very late on, and as time goes on, we will see um, the evolutions of the starters and the, right. the gems. Like it'll all become, it'll all get revealed in time. I'm sure we'll see the evolutions of the starters sooner rather than later. I think. Full Pokédex is going to be one of the last things. Um, we might even see region variants, mm -hmm. um, which has been kind of a staple since Sun and Moon, right? Region variants, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so be on the lookout for those. Um, and I. Uh, it's remains to be seen whether we're going to see like the mega and giga evolution. Yeah. Whatever, whatever the new mechanic um, is, yeah, whatever the new mechanic is, we'll find out the name of the region all mm -hmm. the, and what the region is based off of in the real world. And right. I mean, honestly, if they just take the, the basis of what we've loved from Pokemon for the last 25 years, which is that, going around and catching them all and, you know, becoming a Pokemon master through this region. 
and then adding in those things from Arceus and making those tweaks that we've talked about, which it looks like they're making, this is going to be a 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah. Um, and people I think were critical the th- of, the last, of the last one. They were critical of Sword and Shield for weird reasons. Sword and Shield were not bad games. They were great. Mm-hmm. Like they were not bad games by any stretch. And I think that anybody who was critical of Sword and Shield, but who were less critical of Arceus, like that's odd to me because Arceus was was a genre like it was it was a genre expanding like the Pokemon genre of games. It, it was they expanded upon their traditional concepts to do something new, and as a result, there were things that they did well, and there were things that they didn't do very well. Mm-hmm. But I think people were just willing to give them a free pass because they enjoyed the new things and they were willing to turn a blind eye to the things that didn't work. Like RCS was a good game, but it wasn't a great game. Whereas all of the, all the main series, all the mainline Pokemon entries are great. They're all great. Mm-hmm. games. Just because the systems have been the same for 20 something years, doesn't make the games any less, any less good. They've just been very big on the, if it's not broken, we're not going to change anything. Mm-hmm. Looks like they're actually going to take a chance in Scarlet and Violet. So we will, we will see first how far that goes. And two, we'll see how well it's received. But I mean, if they're going to do, I, I feel like it's going to be a lot of the same, but just a, a handful of tweaks that are just going to mm-hmm. make it, are just going to make it, different but i mean if it's received really well we could this could be we could be you know here in you know like five ten years talking about this moment when the pokemon franchise the mainline franchise took a turn that forever shaped it and changed it for the future Mm. so i mean we're talking about 20 plus years of it just being basically the same and then with, exactly. Let, then with Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, they, they, they gave it a 3D look, um, which people loved, but a lot of the same systems, and then those carried over. And now, 3D look, open world. So people have been wanting an open world experience for so long, and they're finally giving it to them in some way, shape, or form. How far that goes, we're not sure yet, but mm-hmm. um, super pumped. I love the Pokemon Company. It, they, they've knocked it out of the park within the last few months for me because they released Brilliant Diamond and Arceus within two months of each other. And then they announced Scarlet and Violet a month later after Mm -hmm. Arceus. They're crushing it right now. So doing a great job. Speaking of crushing it, Elden Ring is crushing me. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing. Very early, we were texting about this. I had no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. Now, I have an idea what to do. I just need to get good and do it. Um, and honestly, I, I, I hate myself a little bit for saying that. I, just, I, need, to, I need to be on the grind a little bit more. And, and uh, uh, what, What's the currency? Um, I'm sorry? Runes. Runes. I need to be on the grind a little bit and get some runes um, to upgrade my weapons some, and then defeat um, Market. Um, Have you beaten any other bosses? 
No, I, I've been avoiding them like the plague. Margaret's the only one that I can't avoid because he's a story boss and he's uh, he's in the way of me getting to the next area. Um, but there are there. I, I'm planning on on my grind. I've actually I, I've been doing a lot of watching of Elden Ring videos because I I you know I've gone on record saying I'm not. I wasn't historically a fan of Soulsborne games. This is my first like true one. I didn't know exactly like what to do or like you know how to explore or, or whatever. Um whenever I would explore, I would just end up kind of like you know dicking around. Um but now I'm exploring around with purpose and uh because of these like beginner's tips videos i've found that there is a cave kind of like on the east side of the first part of the map um and you have to you fight this npc that like invades you um to get into the cave and then once i'm in the cave i go through the cave it's like a mini dungeon and this npc um attacks me and I have to get him down to half health and he'll surrender. And eventually I'll be able to buy something from him that will really help in my uh, conquest of Margit. Um, which I know I know that there's probably quicker ways to defeat Margit. Like I know I could get more ashes um, to call upon for extra help. Um, yeah. I, I, probably sh I probably should craft some arrows as well um to help and i know i definitely need to upgrade my sword and armor and stuff but i think this will really like this way this roundabout way that i'm doing will really help me um mm. like get good and understand the game more um yeah how, how are you doing in it in it yeah i'm about at eight hours of mm -hmm. getting played right now and i haven't i haven't gone after the first boss yet i've kind of just been going around the world i've i haven't gone uh to fight kind of the you know the main story bosses as of yet um but i have beaten one two three i want to say four mini bosses okay already and i mean for me like they're I just know that my character is the the big thing I know because I've played a ton of these games is you have to find out what weapon you want to use and then go from there. You have to figure out what weapon you want to use. Um, if you are going to upgrade your weapons, make sure you upgrade them on weapons that you like hands down want to use because you can't just take those upgrades off of weapons once you find something better so if you are going to up upgrade any of your weapons i would i just make sure that you enjoy using them first but yeah, my katana is great yeah because you started as a samurai right right um i'm loving it and honestly my longbow is really good too um but okay. yeah like i i know that there are opportunities for other weapons that could potentially be better for my build 
Um, I, I actually, from what I'm hearing, katanas are incredible just for the whole mm-hmm. of um, because that unsheath ability that comes with the Uchi Katana is devastatingly like incredible. So mm-hmm. I would, yeah, I would just keep on doing, doing, doing that. I mean, you know, I'm and, and depending and also deciding on what type of build mm-hmm. that you want to do as well is, is huge. So, you know, and then, and then kind of guiding your character that direction. The cool thing about these games is you can start with whatever class you want, but you can kind of make your character into whatever you want them to be. I think about it like in the original Dark Souls game. In the original Dark Souls game, um, I would always start as like the thief. Now the thief is doesn't have a whole lot of armor, doesn't have a whole lot of health, has a has a weapon that does like a ton of like critical damage and is really good at parrying. And so I would start as a thief, but once I got to a certain point in the game, once I got to a certain point in the game and I got to the main bonfire there, I would pop a bunch of these items that would up that would uh, raise my discovery. And I would just go on a quest to find all of the armor for this one enemy in the game and then get their shield and get their weapon. And it would take me forever to do it because they were some of those drops were super rare. But um I would just end up doing that. And then once I did that, I, I kind of just played the game as I wanted. So mm-hmm. you, can kind of, you can kind of build out your character the way that you want to. And I mean, there's a, I think I haven't made it to this spot yet, but there is a place later on in the game where you can respec your character if you want to. So um, I think there you have a consumable item that you will have to use up if you want to respect more than once, but you, you can respect your character. So, but I mean, that's, that's the cool thing. Yeah. Elden ring has been tough. I mean, there've been some bosses that have beaten me five, six times before I ended up beating them. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would just say, just keep, keep looking for those, those overworld bosses. Cause there's some bosses like, do you know what level you are off the top of your head? Nine, nine. Okay. She's like continuing to like find runes and then raise and raise up your stats. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, raising up your stats, whether if you want to do more damage with your weapons, check your scaling on your weapon to see if it's worth upgrading that stat to get the most out of that weapon. You will always do more damage. If you're like, if you raise your strength and you're using a weapon that scales in strength, you will always do more damage with that weapon. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, just continuing to raise your stats up and then beat some of those overworld bosses because they'll, mm-hmm. really, they'll give you a lot of rooms, some good items, um, and just find those things and then just keep keep like I I have I have no plans in place right now in my current playthroughs in, in my current playthrough to go and fight Margit yet. Okay. I know my character's just not ready. And so I haven't decided on what weapon I want to use. 
and all of that stuff yet. So I have no current plans to fight to fight him yet. But eventually, I know I'm going to have to go after him. So, right. And I mean, I'm I'm only four hours in. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I need to be. You're, you're, I mean, you're exactly right. I need to, I need to be taking the time to just invest in my character and level him up, up the stats on my on my build, and then take my time to get to Margit and maybe the story. Um, I am just now getting to a part where I'm like kind of comfortable with combat. Um, I've been able to successfully. Um, you know, separate packs of enemies, um, and take them down one by one. Um, now I'm not good when I get surrounded. I have no idea how to get out of it. Um, <laughs> uh, call your spectral steed and get out of there. <laughs> I try, I try, but then someone shoves a spear up my butt, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel that. I feel that. There is like, yeah, I, I just have like run around and there's like, so Limgrave obviously is like a starting area. Mm -hmm. Basically like Limgrave. And then there's another area to the South called the Weeping Peninsula, Mm -hmm. which are, those are definitely big time starting areas. Right. And so just like spending time, there's a big, there's a, like, there's a larger dungeon in the, um, in the, to the South in the Weeping Peninsula. There's a, there's a castle there and going and fighting the boss there, that boss kicked my butt so many times, but I ended up finding a way to, finding a way to beat him and apparently he was one of those like really tough bosses because I got an achievement for beating him. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just continuing to find those those ways in which you can. And I would say just, you know, this is why I wish you would have got it on Xbox because then we could have gotten on and I could have. We could have worked out summoning. Summoning is super easy in this game. Mm-hmm. And so whenever you summon somebody into your world, you summon them to help you beat a boss. So mm-hmm. they can walk you, they can walk with you through an area. Um, just give you, it would just give you some more and you can summon a maximum of two people into your world. So they can help you beat a boss and, and it's beneficial for both of you to do that. And it helps you and it also helps them. So like summoning is super easy too. But yeah, I would just say, just try to find, try to find some of those bosses. There are two bosses two overworld bosses that are really close to the church of Ella. Yeah. And if you fight one of them, you were telling me about this cave that had a bunch of wolves in it. Um, there's a boss in there. Figured. So if you go and fight, it's not a super hard fight. Um, but I mean, you can summon spec, you can summon spirits that will help you fight them. Um, you can also summon in people that will help you. So, I mean, there's like a lot of, that's one of the things I like about Elden Ring that you, they, you have immense amounts of resources to be able to benefit you in, in these tougher areas. The game is still hard, but there are these, right. 
but you have a lot of things that curb that difficulty. And if it's too hard, you can always just leave and go somewhere else, mm-hmm. which is super, which is super beneficial as well. So you can always just leave and do something different. So, but yeah, I'm with you, man. Elden Ring has been kicking my butt too, but I'm having, I'm having a lot of fun. I'm like level 20. Mm-hmm. So, and I just played it the other day with somebody who's level 47. So, <laughs> and I've seen people who are like level 200 something. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this game's been out for a week. <laughs> yeah, one whole week. It's a, it's yeah. I, if I could give more time to it, I would. It's so fun. See, eight hours is like an pretty much an hour a day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that, not that much. I mean, I, I, I uh, wanted, I've wanted to play more. Um, I wanted to roll credits on Legends Arceus, um, so I did. I thought I only had an hour left in that game. Turns out I had like two. Um, and um, yeah, I just I haven't had time some other days, but I'm definitely loving what I'm playing so far, and I tend to I intend to stick with it for a while. Um, yeah, it, it's real fun. Yeah, man, it'll just take it'll, it'll it'll definitely take some time. I would say once you get comfortable with combat. You're gonna be in. You're gonna be in a real good spot. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be in a real good spot. Then once you get comfortable with combat, if you're able to get a shield that blocks 100% damage, and if you know how to roll through hits to use those invincibility frames to roll through hits when you fight bosses and fight enemies just in general who are giving you a tough time, then you're gonna be you're gonna be in a real good gonna be in a real good spot. Also, mm-hmm. I would say this too. Don't don't put any ashes of war on your katana unless you really really like the ash of war ability because if you put the if you put an ash of war in your katana, you lose the unsheathed ability. Mm-hmm. You can add it back, but the unsheathed ability is fire. So noted. Yeah. I mean, I started out with a little rinky-dink knife. <laughs> so, I'm using a twin blade now, though. So, Ayo. And I'm debating on what I want to do with that twin blade. So, <clears throat> yeah. Folks, this has been the latest episode of Best Friends Gaming Pod. We covered a myriad of topics. And you know what? We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you can catch us each and every week on your favorite podcast service. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Weisscast. That's where you can find all things in the and, Weisscast family of uh, and huh? TikTok and TikTok and TikTok and TikTok. Uh, you, you can find all things in the family of Weisscast uh, productions on those platforms. Bryant, where can the good people find you? Yeah, if you if you're interested in talking to me individually, I don't know why you would be, but if <laughs> <laughs> but if you are, you can find me on Instagram and the Twitter sphere at BK Stinson08. And of course you can find me at the Weiss's Right. Um folks, we will be back 
next week with another episode and probably another Elden Ring update from yours truly. Um, enjoy your week, your day, your evening, whenever you're listening to this. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> All right. I didn't do it right. Uh-oh. Uh-oh.